Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Wow. Church, you know, when they founded this church 30 years ago, they had a vision to reach a million people for Jesus Christ. And we have been working on that as a church. We have been working on that for the past 30 years. And I'm telling you what, that even here, as we're in Erie, and we're beginning to reach more and more people, what the enemy meant for harm... Do you see this? What the enemy meant for harm, God is turning around for good. And, and this testimony itself is going out and reaching millions of people already. Right now, this aired on Friday. So what the enemy tried, no plan, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. For as a church, we walk by faith and not by sight. And so I am thankful for Pastor Jim and Pastor Pam and their teaching. I am thankful that Pam called a faithful man sitting right there, Brother Paul. And we stood together as a church. And this is our testimony, church. This is not just Jim and Pam's. This is our testimony. And this is the testimony that really has just opened the floodgates of miracles in God's presence and God's power in this church. This happened in September of last year. This just aired, obviously, this week on, on CBN. But this happened six, seven, eight, nine months ago. And we have seen nothing but miraculous moves of God ever since. So we are excited. We are just blessed. God has just blessed and anointed this place. And we are so grateful to be a part of it. Amen? You guys, you guys grateful for this? Okay. If, if you're still here and you're part of that student ministry meeting, uh, I do release you now. You can stand up and you can head out. It's okay. You won't bother us. Uh, go ahead out to that meeting. We're thankful for that team. They are uh, doing some vision casting today. We're making some changes in kids' ministry. And we've always said, you know, the teaching and preaching of the Word is important. And guess what? That happens in kids' ministry, too. Okay? What happens in kids' ministry? There's no junior Holy Spirit. There is no, like, well, because what's happening here, we're just going to do some babysitting out there. Excuse me, no. I'm sorry. It is not babysitting. We are developing the next generation. We are pouring love into these students. We are pouring Bible knowledge into these students. We want to see these students grow because they're the next generation that's going to come up. They're the ones that are going to be up here. They're the ones that are going out there and reaching the nations for Jesus. So it's important. And I just as you're sitting there, let's just pray for that meeting. I'm not going to pray here, but just you know, quietly be in prayer through this time of listening to the word. Um, over that meeting, because it's important what they're doing, it's important. Okay, so we're in the middle of a series. We're in the middle of a series, and it's called Marked by Miracles. Can I just say that? Can we just leave it at that? Marked by Miracles. And what we've been talking about, what we've been working on, and I can't seem to get very far into what is called the Lord's Prayer. And the Lord's Prayer is found in Matthew 6. And in most of you have heard it, but it, what Jesus is teaching us how to pray is to not pray in vain repetition. 
Not to just say something over and over without thinking about what you are saying. Without truly saying, what am I saying when I'm saying this prayer? And on Father's Day, we started, Our Father who art in heaven. This is the first line of that prayer. And I was just like, whoa, wait a second. We, do you understand just to say those words, Our Father who art in heaven, the amount of faith that we need stirred up on the inside to just say those things. Our Father who art in heaven, we are part of the kingdom of God, the God who created the entire universe. We can call him Father. We can call him Dad. We can say we are part of your family. It's like, whoa, how do I continue to build my faith up to understand that even greater? to understand it even more, to understand the authority that comes when you reside in God's kingdom. You see, church, if you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and your Savior, you no longer operate in the world's kingdom, in the world's life. You now are part of God's kingdom, part of God's family. You operate at a different level now. You understand we have a brother, we have Jesus. He is in heaven interceding on our behalf. Do you get... Can you wrap your heads around this? The creator of all things, the creator of the universe, God, he is, wants to be part of our family. And it's all you have to do is say, yes, I receive. I want to be a part of this family. I want to be part of this family. So we've been talking about faith because I can't get off of that. Because you know what, church? We are seeing miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle But church, I'm not satisfied. I am not satisfied. I'm not satisfied that we're seeing salvations. I'm not satisfied that we're seeing people baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm not satisfied that we're seeing healings on a weekly basis. We had someone come on a Wednesday night that was dealing with vertigo, and I mean bad, like had to be on medication, couldn't sneeze, couldn't turn their head, couldn't do anything battling vertigo. She came up and she said, will you pray with me? We laid hands on her and said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. She went home. She felt the Lord say, don't take your medicine. She had not had one episode of vertigo since. You understand, church? It is all him, his power, his glory, but it's not enough. Because I go on Facebook, and I, I have not gone on Facebook in a long time. And I went on Facebook, and there was that young boy, I think his name is Austin. I don't know his name. But he died of brain cancer. And I said, no, no, no. It's not right. It's not right. It's not God's perfect plan. That is not God's perfect will for that young boy's life. And I pray and I know he is now rejoicing in heaven. And I am thankful for that. But there is too much sickness, too much disease, too many people going to hell because they have not heard the message of Jesus Christ. We have to be marked by miracles, church. We have to have a life marked by miracles. When we step out of this place, we can do nothing but share the gospel message of what Jesus has done for us. I'm not satisfied with weekly healings. I'm not satisfied with weekly salvations. It has to be more. It has to be more of him, more of his presence. Church marked by miracles. This is what this means. 
Church, I'm telling you, there is a stirring of the Spirit. There is a revival spirit like I have not understood before. I have not experienced before. I know it's happened in the past. But I'm telling you, there's something going on. And I'm telling you, it's because the end is getting closer and closer and closer. I get, yes, technically it's closer every day you wake up. I understand that. I'm talking in the spiritual realm where there is like no time. What is eternity? Don't, it's coming closer and closer. It's been spoken prophetically over, over, and over. The time is now. This is why we are marked by miracles. This is why revival is coming. This is why God's sweeping through this nation and sweeping through the world because what is his will? That none shall perish without knowing him. So if that's his will, then we have a job to do. So when we are marked by a miracle, it's not just for ourselves. That's great. Thank you, God, for the miracle that you performed in my life, but it's not just for you. You can't keep it. You can't keep it. You actually are not allowed to keep it. I'm not allowing you to keep it. And as your spiritual leader, I'm not allowing you to keep it. If you have been touched by God and a miracle has occurred in your life, I'm telling you, you have to share the message. And when you, when you just say, Laurie, Lord, help me to share that message, he will put someone in your path. He will put someone in front of you and you will say, okay, Lord, here's my opportunity to share this message, to share the message of Jesus. We've got the sports and arts camp happening here in a couple weeks, and we are going to share the gospel message. We have almost 80 students already signed up, believing for even more, and many of the names we don't recognize, which means many of the names don't attend this church, and we don't know if they go to church at all. What's going to happen? If you're thinking about praying, pray on that Wednesday during sports and arts camp in the morning. We are going to share the gospel message. And what we believe is these kids' lives will be transformed. And they will go home later that day and they'll be like, the parents are going to be like, what is going on? Mom, I'm going to this camp. It's called Miraculous. And I had a miracle happen in my life. And I accepted Jesus. And Mom, that pain that I had immediately vanished. And these children are going to be telling their parents about the goodness and the faithfulness of God. This is your life marked by miracles. We want a life that is not normal, that's remarkable. I read this definition last week, but when you're going to live a life that's marked by miracles, I want you to know that this is the type of life that you're going to live. Extraordinary, exceptional, amazing, astonishing, astounding, unbelievable, miraculous, phenomenal, and the list goes on and on and on. And so I keep asking the Lord, like, can I get off of our Father who art in heaven? And he says, no, not yet. I want you to continue to teach on faith. I want you to continue to let the people understand based on the word how they can grow their faith even more. We talked about aggressive faith last week and we prayed for aggressive faith, but you need to understand how can I grow deeper? How can I go deeper to build my own faith? What the Bible teaches us on how to build our faith and that's what we're going to do this morning. This was part of last week's message that I never got to. We are going to go deeper into understanding what it means to have aggressive faith. What does it mean to grow in our faith? How do we grow a bold, tenacious faith? Because living a life of miracles, number one, takes a life of faith. It takes a strong, strong faith. Hebrews 11.1 says this, says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Then I read the Passion Version. 
And I don't have this on the overhead, so you're just going to have to listen to me. Now, faith brings our hopes into reality. It brings faith. Faith. I want, to build, I want to teach you how to build this faith because what is it going to do? It's going to bring your hope. What are you hoping for? What are you believing for? What marriage you want to see restored? What relationship you want to see restored? You want to see your, your wayward child come back home. These are the things. These are important. It's what we talked about. As you surrender it and lay it down, all you have to do is say, you know what? I believe in faith that God's going to do what he says he's going to do, that he is who he says, he's, who he says that he is. This is what faith, this is what we're going to believe for. So faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes our foundation. Oh my goodness. How many builders, how many ever built something before and you started with a foundation? This this is what the building process, this is how it starts. Ask a few people who have tried to build something without a foundation. Not good. My kids build stuff in the playroom without a foundation. They, I don't, somehow they get these boxes and they stack them on top of each other and then they use blankets to try to, to secure all of the boxes so they can have some kind of fort. And what they do is they place these books on top of the blankets. But you know what? A little Maggie Mae comes along and gives a little tug and it comes crashing down. They don't have a foundation. But what the Bible is saying is you can have a foundation. The faith becomes the foundation needed to acquire The faith is the foundation that comes to acquire. Acquire means to receive, to get. The things that you're believing for, we have to build the faith to believe for them. It says acquire the things that we long for. The things that we, not not just because, oh, okay, well, I wanted that, so I'm just going to believe. No, it's not. It is the things that God has in store for you. Do you understand? He has a deeper relationship with himself in store for you. That's the greatest miracle is a relationship with Jesus Christ, with our God. This is what he wants more of. He wants healing in your life. He wants all your bills to be paid. These are the things he wants to go do in your life, and we have to build our faith in order to receive these things. Acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. You see, you may not see it yet, but when you have a faith and it's your foundation, you begin to believe and say, you know, I may not see it yet, but I walk by faith and not by sight. You imagine if we all could begin living a life marked by miracles, and when we live a life like that, we are walking by faith. God, you told me to take that next step. I'm going to go take it. It may look like there's nothing there. It may look like the abyss, like I'm going to step off into nowhere. But he says, take that step. You take that step by faith. Peter took that step by faith. And guess what? He walked on water. How many of you have walked on water? Okay, then we're not there yet. And even even Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith. Come on, he just walked on water. And then he goes around later saying, well, sorry, Peter, you couldn't heal these people because you lack faith. This is the guy that walked on water. Are you kidding me? We need to, this is like one of the most important foundational fundamentals that we could ever, ever teach. This is what our church is founded on. This is what Pastor Jim taught us. And this is why we got together and we prayed and we said, no, I know what we see. I know what we see, the ambulance and all this other stuff, but God, but God, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. 
And I want to teach you a couple of things this morning. I'm going to skip this part here. So uh, AV team, just kind of stick with me as we go. But I want to help you understand that your faith needs to be aggressive. Your faith needs to be aggressive. You cannot timidly, with doubt, go after the things of God. You cannot go timidly after the things of God. We must be aggressive. In Matthew eleven twelve, 12, it says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. We have to go out with force. We have to go out and go after the things that God has for us in our life. And I want to teach you how to do that. So if you have notes today, if you have a note paper, your phone, and you're ready to take some notes, I would like you to, to take some notes here and write these things down, put them in your phone or whatever, because I'm going to give you seven things you can do to build your faith. Seven things, and you're going to be like, man, I don't remember all of them. I get that, so write them down. But what I am challenging you is as I go through these seven things, I know for a fact God is going to speak to you and say, that one's for you. You don't have to start doing all seven this afternoon. You can if you want. But I highly suggest you just take one or two of these things and say, you know what, I'm going to start doing this more. I'm going to start digging into this more. I'm going to start changing my life in this direction regarding this thing. Are you guys ready for these? Number one. Number one is we need to receive Jesus. Church, faith starts right there. Receiving Jesus. Hebrews 12.2 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Another translation says he is the author of, and the finisher of our faith. So you can't even start on the path of faith without saying, I need Jesus in my life. I need to make a decision about accepting and inviting Jesus into my life. The Son of God who came down from heaven above as a man, sinless, spotless, hung on the cross and died for our sins, died for your sins, died for my sins, That Jesus, that one that then God raised up from the dead on the third day, that one who did that sacrifice for you, you can't even start this walk of faith without this. I know people in the world talk about faith, faith, I've got faith in this, I've got faith in that. No, 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 they don't understand what faith is. They are not getting it. It is faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is where you have to start. You have to start with this. Because he's the author of the faith. He is the author of it. Which means he's the one who wrote it. He's the one who started it. He's the one who says, okay, it starts with me. And just like Jesus' first miracle, how many of you know Jesus' first miracle is it was at a wedding. And he turned water into wine. But you see, he wasn't at the wedding unless he was invited to the wedding. He was invited And he showed up. He shows up where he's invited. Church, he shows up where he is invited. So you need to take the first step and to say, Jesus, I invite you into my life. I invite you into this situation. I'm talking more about than just making Jesus your Lord and Savior for the first time. I'm talking about inviting him into every area of your life. You have to be, this, this act of submission is this. This is what I'm talking about. You have to say, I can't do it on my own. I need Jesus. This is the beginning of our faith foundation. This is it right here. You have to say, I need Jesus in my life. The miracle occurred at the wedding only because Jesus was invited. 
And what happened? They did what, what, they, what he told them to go do. See, so when Jesus, we want to start building our faith, we have to say, Jesus, I want to build my faith, but I am inviting you into this situation. I am inviting you to be, to, to be my healer, to be my provider, to be my Jehovah Rapha, to be everything for me. I am inviting you in. And when you invite him in, now he's here. Now he can perform the miracles that only he can perform. And when he's in your life, he's going to tell you, go do this, go do that. Fill those vats up with some water so I can turn it into wine. Now, most likely he's probably not going to do that one this afternoon at your house. But who knows? Maybe he will. I'm not going to limit God. Who knows what he wants to go do? But what I am telling you is the first part of building this life of faith and to be able to build an aggressive faith is you have to invite Jesus in. You have to invite him in. If you're here this morning and you've never invited Jesus into your life, then you will have an opportunity at the end of service to come right here. I stand right here with my beautiful wife. We stand right here and we say, hey, we're called Pija and Pila. If you haven't understood that, it's Pija and Pila. Pastor Jason Ackerman, Pastor Liz Ackerman, it's Pija and Pila. The staff knows us by that. So if I ever slip up and say Pija and Pila, we'll be down here. We're talking about ourselves, okay? Pija and Pila. Okay, that was a little extra. Receiving Jesus is the first one. Number two. You need to make the word first place in final authority. You have to make it first place in final authority. You can't read something else that contradicts this word and begin to have any faith in anything else but this word of God right here. It has to be first place in final authority. And I started thinking about an analogy to help explain this. Well, what's first place? And you know, my mom, I love her mom. If you're watching on Facebook Live, I love you. She writes in every single card she ever sends to me regarding any holiday, any birthday, any Father's Day, Christmas, Easter, make Jesus first place in your life. This is what she says all the time. And you, I've, I've heard that now personally, probably, I, would, I wouldn't say a million times, that would be an exaggeration, but a lot of times. Like, but what does that actually mean to make it first place? And so I started thinking of, well, what, what happens in the first place? Anybody have seen the Olympics? Have any of you ever watched the Olympics before? Okay, you don't have to raise your hand, but y'all, give me some nods. Give me some nods. Yes, the Olympics. Okay. Well, when you get the gold medal, that means you ended in first place. And you see, I'm thinking of like when you're swimming. When there's a swimming meet, and you see the Olympics going back and forth, and there's that person who isn't in first place, and, but you start to see that they're coming up, right? You ever see those guys who sprint, uh, the swimming sprint, at the end, and they're coming closer and closer, and they start coming up. You're like, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to get the gold medal. And you're cheering, and you're jumping up and down, and you're getting so excited. And then they go in front of them, and then they, pl- and they touch the, uh, the end of the pool first, and they win the gold medal. First place. You see, we get excited when we see something going into first place in our life. We want the word of God to be first place in your life. If it's not first place, then start swimming harder and harder until you make the word of God first place in your life. We want that to be the gold medal finish every single day of your life. We need to understand what the word says about our situation. We need to understand what the Word says. When the Word is in first place, we then can see what the Word says about our situation. Proverbs 4, 20-23 says, My son, give attention to my words. Give attention to them. 
How can you give attention to something if you're not looking at it? How can you? You can't. Fathers, we've got kids running around in our homes, but we don't give them any attention. We are present, but we're not giving attention. Attention means to look at somebody, to look at something, to see something and say, ooh, I like you, I love you. Same thing with the Word of God. Kids are moved, kids are changed when fathers and mothers give them attention. We are changed, we are moved when we give the Word of God our attention. You see it. You see it all the time. You see a kid running around and no one's giving them any attention. What happens? They end up getting worse and worse and they run around and they just keep getting worse and worse when they don't have any attention. Our lives, when we don't give attention to the word of God, our lives are running around looking for everything else and we're not focused on the one thing that's going to build our faith and that's the word of God. Right there in front of us. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear unto your sayings. And then the Bible says, don't let them depart from your eyes. Don't. Once you give it the attention, once you put your focus on the word of God, don't get distracted by the other things. The wind and the waves and the life that's coming at you and the problem and the medical report and this and that that's coming at you. It says put your attention there and then fix it there. Because this is the only truth you have to worry about. This is the only truth that you have to worry about, is the word of God. Do not let it depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. And what happens when we do this, church? We live a life that's marked by miracles, because what the Bible says, those, for they are life to those who find them. This word is life. Life. If you're feeling death and destruction, this is life. The word of God is life. And health to all their flesh. Health and life. Right here. How many of you walk out and be like, ah, yeah, that's okay. I don't want health and life. I'm good. Death, destruction, school with me. That would be ridiculous. Who would say that? I hope you wouldn't leave and say that. What the Bible is telling us clearly is we have to put our attention on the Word of God. We have to make it first place. We have to make it the final authority. Something comes at you in life that doesn't line up with the Word of God. You say, well, I don't receive that. I don't accept it because it's not what the Word of God says. This has to be our final authority. Number three, you actually have to feed on the Word. It's okay that you make it a priority and you focus and you put it first place, but you actually have to feed on the word. And I'll explain what that means. Matthew 4, 4 says, Jesus answered, it is written that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. It's the bread of life. Church, I said this, I believe on Wednesday or whenever I said it, it's the best medicine you can possibly take. You cannot overdose. You cannot say, I'm going to overdose on the Word of God. You can overdose on a lot of things. You can overdose on Netflix, man. You can overdose. I've been there. I've overdosed on Netflix. You're just like, oh my gosh, am I watching another show? How? And then you look back like, I'm in, I'm in season what? Like, I just started this series like not that long ago. How could I be in season 6, episode 20? Like, now you're doing the math, like, did I just watch 120 shows at 45 minutes each, and it's been like only, what? Right, this is what happens, you're feeding on something else that's not the word of God. You're feeding on things that aren't the word of God, but you see, we cannot overdose on God's word. 
How do we do that? How do we feed on it? We have to read the word. We have to listen to the word. You have to listen to messages. You have to get around people who are of faith. And it rubs off on you. I'm telling you. Man, Rich, I'm so glad you're back from Germany, my friend. I miss our Tuesday meetings when you and I sit down together and the faith that is on Rich. And just he just, oh, the word of God that's coming out of him builds my faith. You want to feed on the word of God. Put your, surround yourself. Well, I want to have faith like this person or that person. Well, if you're not doing the things that build your faith up, then you're not going to have the faith of those people. You know, I, a lot of us, Paul, I love you, man, and I'm just going to give you some more kudos here. But how many of us, if Pam would have called us, would that have been the first thing that we said? He will live and not die. I, I, thank goodness Pam did not call me. I'm serious. Somebody else said that. I don't remember who said Maybe Uncle Don. I mean, we're just like, I'm just being honest. Like, I don't know what I would have said. But this man has lived by faith. He has seen faith. He has dug into faith. He has developed his faith. He has gone deeper into his faith. And when she called him, the first thing, what did he say? It rose out of me, the, what, the spirit, the Holy Spirit that rose out of me said, he will live and not die. You see, he's not working in his own mind. He's not working in his own flesh. Because if our mind started saying, was, oh my goodness, Pam, oh, let me, pray, let me pray for you. Oh my goodness, Pam. I'll, let me. What? That's not what he said. I wish I had it on a recording. I wish somehow we could like go in the, they probably somebody has it recorded somewhere, you know, in the, in the internet ways or the cell phones or whatever. Like, no, I don't think so. In fact, if you ask him about what actually happened, he couldn't even understand what Pam was saying. She was just like yelling and she was so upset. So somebody calls you yelling that upset, screaming and going, oh my gosh. And that's the first thing that comes out. That's a man who understands faith. We, each, I want that for each and every one of you. When your spouse calls with the bad doctor's report that the first thing out of your mouth is not dread and fear and all the bad things of what the world says or what the report says. The first thing it says, oh, no, 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 no. We walk by faith and not by sight. No, 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 no. Okay, baby, you come on home. Let's talk about it when you get here. And then get into the Word of God and say, okay, let me find every single scripture that applies to this situation. Every single one. And then I'm going to read them. And I'm going to memorize them. And I'm going to put them on my mirror. I'm going to put them in my car. I'm going to put them wherever I need to put them. Because I want my faith to build up for what God has in store for this situation. Gosh, I wish everybody could understand this. So many things happen in this world and in people's lives that they could get a hold of this. They could understand this. Their lives could be so much different. The next one is we need to meditate on his word. So you've got to make it first place. You've got to feed on it. But you also have to meditate on it. Pastor Jason, what are you talking about? Joshua 1, 8 and 9. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate, listen to this, in it. Not on it, you shall meditate in it. It's as if it's like in you. If it's like such a part of you, it is so a part of your inner being that you can just meditate on what it is. You're in it. You're not meditating on it. That's feeding on it. That's reading it. That's making it first place. But now you're meditating in it. It's like surrounding you. God's word surrounding you. You see the difference? 
This is meditating on it. Meditate in it day and night, which means all the time. Say, well, I can't do it all the time. I've got things to do. I've got eight children. I've got stuff to go do. Guess what? I get it. I have eight children too. Oh, you probably all knew that. I have eight children too, so you can't use that as the eight children excuse. Okay, maybe nine or ten. I'll pray for you. (laughs) But there's no excuses here. Meditate on it day and night. In it, in it, day and night. Just let it soak in you and around you and be part of you. This is what meditating it is. To focus on, to keep it in front of you. Just to keep it there. A constant focus. To dwell on the promise in the word. We dwell on the promise in the word, not on the potential outcomes that might happen. You see that? If we're going to dwell on something, and we're going to meditate or dwell in it, I don't want to dwell in the results that the world is saying is going to happen in this situation. I want to dwell in what the Word of God says in this situation. I want to dwell in it. Number five. This is all good stuff. Now number five, you're going to be like, oh boy, here we go. You need to act on the Word. You want to build your faith? You have to act on the word. You have to build your faith muscle. You have to do it. You have to act on the word. James 1, 22 says this. Do not merely listen to the word. So now we've put it first place. We're feeding on it. We're meditating in it. But now what God's telling us to build this faith, to build an aggressive faith, we have to actually act on the word. You have to do what it says. Don't merely listen to the word, because what happens when you just listen to it? This deception. You deceive yourself. You actually have to do something with it. You have to do what it says. Each and every one of you, you have to put your faith in action. You're believing for something, you need to take steps toward writing those scriptures down, and then take say, How many of you, if you're looking for a job, if you just sit there and you don't ever send out a resume, think you're going to get a job? I mean, sure, God could supernaturally have someone come knock at your door and say, I have a job for you. Has that happened? Absolutely. But you understand the difference is, if you're seeking something, if you're looking for something, if you're needing something, if you're wanting something, then you have to send the resumes out. You have to send it out. You have to do something. You have to put your faith in action. Take that step of faith. Take the step of faith. Ways that we can begin to act on the word we need to forgive ourselves. We need to forgive others. We need to give generously. We need to love others. We need to speak life. We need to witness. You can go through the Bible and find thing after thing after thing after thing that God calls us acting on the word and going out and doing what he has commanded us to go do. You look at examples in the Bible, the, guy, the guys who brought their friend to Jesus. They made a hole in the roof. And they lowered him down to get him to Jesus. You talk about acting on your faith. They didn't stand outside and say, well, I believe Jesus is going to do what he says he's going to do. And he's gonna, we're just going to wait around here. They didn't wait. They didn't wait. They said, no, I am going to go after it. I'm going to aggressively go after Jesus. You invite him in. You understand who he is, what he says he wants to go do by listening to the word and understanding the word and meditating in it. Then you say, I have to now do something. 
It's almost, church, I'm telling you, if you continue to read and soak in this word and understand it, you actually have to do something. Like it propels you to go do something. You say, I can't sit here any longer. I'm so excited about this situation and these negative things that people are saying because God is going to change it. God's going to change it. Let's go. You know what? I want to go back to the doctor. I want to go because I want him to see or her to see that guess what? My symptoms are now gone. The bump is gone. It's vanished. It's disappeared. I no longer have this issue anymore. Praise God. And the doctor's like, what? Yes. Like, I'm re- let's go to the doctor. Please. Sign me up to go to the doctor. Because I'm not going in fear to the doctor. I'm going expecting and believing that the results are going to be different than what it was last time. That's acting in faith. Number six. Pray in the Spirit. Man, you want to build and edify yourself and build yourself up on the inside. We can pray in the Spirit. Some of you say, I don't know what that means. Well, there's a couple different ways. There's a personal prayer language that each of us have available to us as a gift from God. And it's called praying in tongues. And you can have that as your personal prayer language. And you say, what is that? What is that? What is that like? Well, you heard an actual public tongue, which is a different gift, an interpretation of tongue earlier in the service. But what it is in your personal life is your personal prayer language. It's an opportunity for your spirit to be connected with God's spirit. And when we no longer know what to say, God knows what to say. And we begin to pray in our prayer language. And And you say... Pastor, I've never had an opportunity to do that. Well, guess what? I'll be here. We will be here and we can pray for you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We said the same thing last week and two people got filled with the Holy Spirit. Guess how many people came up to receive the Holy Spirit? Two people. This is not like a, well, I might get it, a maybe thing. This is, no, it is a gift from God available to edify yourself. The Bible talks about how it can edify you. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, builds themselves up, building up your faith, building your, edifying you. Become baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's number six, being able to pray in the Spirit. Andy, if you want to come back up here and just play behind me for a little bit. You see, when, you, when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's like a recharge. Every time I pray in the Spirit, it's like a recharge. Anybody know what a Tesla is? A Tesla car? Yeah? Those all-battery cars? Yeah? Anybody want a Tesla? Come on, be honest. A couple, yeah. Okay, I'm with you. I kind of want it. It's kind of nice. Anyway, kind of cool. I've never been in one, so I don't actually know. But anyway, you have to recharge the batteries. They might be fast. They might be quick. Their handling might be amazing. The technology in them might be awesome, but they don't go on forever. You have to get plugged back in. You have to recharge the batteries. And praying in the Holy Spirit is a recharge of your batteries. When you're feeling down and you're feeling beat up by the world, the Spirit of God can come upon you and say, I'm going to begin to speak in my prayer language and get a recharge. Get a recharge. And number seven, again, one of these might be for you, a couple of these might be for you. Number seven is continually give God praise. 
continually to give him praise. Psalm 34.1 says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. We can worship while we wait. We can worship while we wait. When we worship, listen to this. I don't know who wrote this. Somebody, maybe it was Copeland. I'm, I'm stealing it here for our edification. That's okay, right? It says, this shortens, when, when we continually give God praise, it shortens the time between the prayer and the answer. It shortens the time between the prayer and the answer. And this was like, now he didn't write this, but this is what God told me. It doesn't necessarily mean that the answer gets moved up. The answer is when God wants to give you the answer. And the answer is here. But what it does is it shortens your perceived time as you're walking waiting for the answer. As you're worshiping waiting for the answer. It's the perceived time. It could be five days no matter what. But the five days could seem like one day when you're worshiping Him while you're waiting. You see, those five days can seem like an eternity when your eyes are focused on the problem and not on the solution. When your eyes are focused not on Him, but on the situation. But what happens is, is the time gets shortened because we're focusing on Him and who He is and what He can do. So everybody stand with me. I asked Andy to have one quick song prepared for us. We're going to sing the chorus of a song called Awesome God. Because he is doing awesome things in our midst. He is an awesome God. And just stand with me and let's sing this song because I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know what's going on in your life. But if we worship while we wait, he begins to shorten the time frame, the perceived time frame between now and the answer. And so we just have to worship him. We just have to be in his presence. We have to dig into the word of God. Let's worship together this morning. power and love our God is an awesome God and our God is an awesome God he reigns from heaven above with wisdom power and love our God is an awesome God and our God is an awesome God he reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love, our God is an awesome God. And our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love, our God is an awesome God. And our God is an awesome God. He reigns. From heaven above with wisdom, power, and love, our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God, and our God is an awesome God. Morning. Give Him praise this morning. Give Him praise.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Small group leaders, if you want to make your way up here, if you need prayer this morning for anything, I'm telling you what, these people know how to pray. They know how to be in agreement with you. They know how to teach you on your faith and to help you grow, and they are going to minister to you. Now, I'm telling you, these people up here are not just going to pray for you and say, well, I hope this thing gets better. Oh, I'm, you know, you know, whatever, okay, let me pray. No, they are going to speak life into you. They are going to speak the scriptures into you. So if you have an issue, a concern, a challenge, come up here and see one of them, and they will minister life freedom and healing and then they will pray and then they'll pray the prayer of agreement and they will seal the promises of God in your life and if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior you've said you know what I've never made that decision I've I I just have not done it I want to do it the Lord says today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not this afternoon. Today is the day of salvation. So meet me up here. Pija and Pila will be standing right up here, ready to pray for you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And maybe you say, I don't want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's me. I want to do that today. I want that free gift. I want the edification to be able to do that. Come here. We're going to pray for you, and you will receive today. So let's pray as we close and come up here if that's you today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. I thank you for this beautiful summer day, Father God. But who the sun sets free is free indeed. So, Father, thank you for your freedom. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. And thank you that your sun is shining upon us. Your sun, your good and faithful sun. Is shining upon, and we invite you into our lives, into our week, into every single day this summer. We invite you, we invite you, we invite you. Come in and be with us. We thank you for this. In your precious name, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen. amen. You are dismissed unless you're supposed to come up here and get prayer. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.